Have you ever wondered like, how do I live well right now in this waiting season, trying to conceive, walking through infertility, whatever you're walking through? How do I do that? In this episode, I give you four ways to be proactive and intentional in stewarding this waiting season. Four things that I did that I truly believe made a huge impact on me to thrive and enjoy the years that I was trying to conceive, even though it was some of the hardest years of my life. I also believe that God used these four things to ground me and help me live with intention and for the kingdom without waiting on him to answer a specific prayer or get to a certain season in life. So let's dive into it. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here, we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. You will never believe it. I came across a journal the other day and I was like sifting through it, like just going through and seeing what was in it. And I come across this entry. It's the day before I transferred Highland into my uterus and it was just kind of like a ball of nerves, but also like a total entry of faith in what God had for us. And first of all, I love the scripture that I had left there. I want to share it with you guys today. But also it reminded me of things that I did proactively in the waiting that I think allowed me to truly live well in the waiting while trying to conceive. So that's what we're going to dive in today. So I want to open up to... Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And wow, this was the verse that I had left next to my entry the night before we transferred Highland, and it was so powerful just reading it again, especially in hindsight, because, and that's why I wanted to share it with you guys, because at the beginning, it says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. In many ways, I think almost in every way, waiting can be a calling. We are called to wait on the Lord. That is also in scripture. And a lot of times when we're in our waiting season, we feel like the calling is motherhood or the calling is being a wife or the calling is the job or a certain ministry. 
But the Lord is like, look, I've called you also in the waiting. The waiting is not just a time out type of a season in your life. It's not something that I'm going to waste and it's not something that has zero purpose, but we can get so paralyzed by sometimes the pain or the frustration in the waiting that we are looking everywhere but at the Lord and focused on walking in a manner worthy of the calling. So I want to encourage you as you assess and as you walk through this waiting season, ask yourself, am I walking in a manner worthy of the calling? to which I have been called. If you're in a waiting season, waiting is part of your calling in this season. That is part of your calling. There's no two ways around it. So are you walking in a manner worthy of it? Are you doing it with humility and gentleness? Sometimes I think about that with other people or with my spouse. Am I doing this with patience? Am I bearing with God with love? Am I eager to maintain the unity of spirit? And then the last verse I think is so powerful. Grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift. You have the grace. You've been given the grace that you need to navigate this waiting season and live well. You can do it in a way where you are gentle and humble with people, where you're patient with people who don't understand infertility, where you bear with one another in love when they get pregnant and you don't, and you maintain unity instead of isolating, because this is part of your calling. Just like any other season, becoming a wife, becoming a mom, stepping into a job, stepping into college, like wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever season and circumstances God has you in is part of your calling to steward well. And I think it's good to ask ourselves, like, am I walking in a manner worthy of this? Am I walking as if I have every every piece of grace that I need to navigate this? Or am I walking like I've just been drifting at sea with no, no compass of which way is north? I have no one guiding me, no lighthouse pointing me to the shore. I'm not anchored down. I have no motor. I have no gas in the tank. Like, what are you? Where are you at within waiting? I think how we do this can be in how we proactively live right now. So I want to share four ways that I was really intentional to use my waiting season. I didn't wait. I wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to become more purposeful or more productive or lean into the season when I become a mom. I was not in like a waiting season mentally, physically, spiritually. I was focused on growing in the waiting in those areas. And so here's the first one. I wrote letters to our baby. I obviously didn't know what kind of baby we'd have. I didn't know if we'd have a girl or a boy or if it would be blood or adopted or, you know, I didn't know any ins and outs, but I truly believed that at some point we would become parents. So I wrote letters. I wrote about the story. I wrote about the journey. I prayed over our baby. I prayed over her future or his future, I guess. I I get I speak in her now because obviously she's a her. But I just I anything that I had in my heart that I desired for her, that I wanted for her, that I felt led to pray over or to speak to her, it was just my way of connecting to her and honestly like cultivating hope. I think 
when we write letters or journal entries or prayers, that's where you're going to be cultivating hope. And that's important and necessary when we're living well in the waiting. Number two was to proactively build team unity with my spouse. And we've shared about this. Actually, it's a reel that I put on my Instagram at Sewn With Strength. And it's kind of like taken off. It's really entertaining. There's quite some hate on it. But it is one of the pieces that Josh and I use to proactively build unity with within our marriage. And God has just radically blessed our weeks and our time together when we prioritize this on a weekly basis. But I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode. It's our team meeting. I will link the reel below in the show notes so that you can have access and see what we do in our team meeting and that you could start practicing that now. I think it's just like if you are in your single season, so many people have asked me, how do I prepare for a healthy and good marriage, a thriving marriage? And I think a lot of the work we put in before a season can bless the next season. So If you are on a journey to becoming parents, take the time to set up your marriage for success when children come into the equation. Calendars are going to get busier. Minds, like thoughts and hormones, like there's just so much that happens as you step into parenting where you can be building proactively that team unity with your spouse today in the waiting season that's going to help you live well right now. Like it's just going to totally bless. And and especially during like a really isolating time, I was actually chatting with one of my coaching students. If you didn't know, I, I offer TTC coaching calls where you can jump on. I'm going to help you create a wellness plan for your faith during the trying to conceive journey. So we're going to walk through anything that's holding you back in your faith. We're going to set up a plan that's basically going to help you kind of take back that control, start changing your thoughts and and learn how to take your thoughts captive and grow in your faith during the waiting. So I was on a call with one of my coaching clients and she was talking about how she didn't want to tell her husband this last time that they were trying because she just wanted to kind of shield him, protect him. And I think that's very normal for us with our any of our loved ones is we want to shield and protect those from any pain. and Or we just don't want them to know that we're hurting so bad because that also hurts our loved ones when we're hurting. But what that does is that actually can sometimes break down marital unity because you're walking through something that involves the two of you alone. Like it isolates you in your pain. It isolates you in your experience, but it's actually an experience that both of you are going through if you're both actively trying to conceive together. So I think that's super powerful to start proactively building that team unity now. We do several things on, we we choose to do it on Sundays, sometimes on Fridays, depending on what our calendars look like, but it has saved communication situations tenfold and so much more wish we had. Like we actually did do this prior to having Highland. I think it just made it so much easier to create that habit, even though we got busier because we had already done that habit. So and we already saw the reward of doing it. That was really powerful. Okay. Number three is taking care of your health. I am also an online health and wellness mentor. I have been doing this for eight years. It's my full-time job. And 
It's something I'm extremely passionate about. I actually was just sharing on my Instagram yesterday how the thing that often gets us into this yo-yo cycle of your nutrition being on and then off and then on and off or workouts on off and the start stop cycle, if you want to call it, you know, whatever, the yo-yo of your health and wellness journey, it generally comes because we're attached to a visual result. And especially in a season where you're trying to conceive, that can be really difficult to be convicted of and or disciplined in your health journey because you're kind of focused almost on the opposite. You're focused on a healthy pregnancy. You're focused on getting pregnant. You're focused on managing these emotions that come with it. And sometimes that can take up all of your energy and your time. But our physical health, we are called to steward by God. Like we have been entrusted with this physical body, just as we've been entrusted with our spirit. And it is our job to take care of it, what we've been given, what we've been loaned by God. So if we can just shift the narrative a little bit, we're going to go so much farther in taking care of our health while in the waiting season when it's like the last thing you want to do. Because don't I know it, when that period comes around, you feel like horrible. You feel like trash, right? Physically. I always got the worst period, so I felt physically like trash. But I also mentally and emotionally and spiritually felt like trash because I was like, here we go again. Here's another month down. I do not have the answer or the results that I want. And that kind of place, that low can last for days, if not weeks, if we are not intentional to kind of nip it in the bud right away. So for seven years, I'm not kidding you guys. Well, for six, I guess, because I got pregnant on the seventh, the seventh year. Well, technically six and a half. I would give myself one day, one day to feel and eat whatever the heck I wanted. I would, we lived in Japan, you know, during a lot of this for two years of this seven year, six year journey. And at the time we were five years overseas. So I would get on my bike. We didn't have a car and I would ride myself to this little 7-Eleven. <laughs> I had a donut shop next door. I'd grab donuts on the way and I would get whatever the heck I wanted to eat in that 7-Eleven. Truly, I would get all the candy, get all the junk food, like whatever I felt like eating. I gave myself a full free pass for the day. I didn't do any exercise. I zoned out. I numbed out. Like I just needed a day to kind of sit in the feeling. And, but that's it. I gave myself just one day. I didn't let it linger. It wasn't a week long of mourning. It was one day to just feel the feels in its entirety, to do whatever the heck I wanted, gave myself a totally free pass. And I told myself, Courtney, you're getting back into life tomorrow. You're getting back into life. You are going to wake up. You're going to get your workout in. You're going to do the things. You're going to open up your Bible and do the things you know that help you actually truly feel better. Because we all know that eating the junk food and numbing out to whatever, Netflix, Hulu, whatever your cup of tea is, that is not actually going to make you feel any better. Spending time in God's word does, praying over it does, worshiping to the Lord 
does and praying with your husband and sharing that battle with him, that does. So anyway, all of that to say, taking care of your health is vital to your spiritual well-being. I think when we're taking care of our health mentally, we are in a better place to tackle the ups and downs that are coming from this journey. And so my challenge to you is to assess where's your physical, mental, and emotional, spiritual health at? Do you need to make any adjustments in that area to live well right now in the waiting? Because another component of like kind of physical health is if you are attaching you know, you're, you've always attached the motivation to work out, the motivation to eat right to a visual, tangible result. I want to see my abs. I want to lose weight. I want to be a certain weight. I want to fit into these clothes, whatever. If it's attached to that, and right now you're in a season of just trying to get pregnant and you're not necessarily pursuing that specific goal, you don't care as much about those things because you just want to be pregnant. You just want to start your journey to motherhood or you're frustrated with your body for not doing the physical things that God's word says it can do or that it was created to do, that can create some self-loathing and some kind of self-frustration. And you can let kind of self-harm habits sneak in. Like I truly believe that it's self-harm when you are not taking care of your nutrition and you're coping emotional eating. Same thing with physical health. Like those small, tiny habits, if you start letting them slide, you're going to start seeing yourself just hurting yourself even worse. Because when I physically don't feel well, I also mentally and emotionally and spiritually am not doing well. So they go hand in hand. When I'm not taking care of my physical health, everything else is affected. So the key here is to truly learn how to attach your physical health, the things that you need to do to show up in that area the workouts, the nutrition, all of that has to be attached to something bigger, something intangible that's unmoving, which is for me, essentially that God has called me to take care of the body that he loaned me. So I need to show up in my workouts. I need to be intentional with my nutrition because he has called me to do that. It is an act of worship in how I show up to eat, how I show up to work out, all of those things that I need to be intentional with. And I can do that in my physical health and learning to live well in the waiting season. So that's important. If you are looking for support, I know that the hardest thing to change your diet, to change your workouts, it is near impossible to do alone. You need accountability. You need support. You need a hype person. That's what I do. I offer monthly boot camps. And when you enroll with me, you get access for a year to the workouts that I have used all throughout my journey. They are literally from like 20 minutes to 45 minutes long, depending on which program and which style of training you want to do. I have been doing 25 minutes a day. That's it. It's incredible. And I've never been in better shape in my life than using this app. So if you are interested in enrolling in one of my monthly boot camps. I will link the application in the show notes. All you have to do is fill out the form. I will email you more details and we can chat about getting you plugged in. The enrollment is going to come with workouts. It's going to come with nutrition, the same nutrition guide that I follow. 
I'm currently loving carb cycling. It has been super powerful. You actually do eat carbs. Don't be deceived by that. But it's just been really helpful for getting my body the protein and the nutrients that it needs because a lot of times I'm carb heavy. So it's been good to kind of place boundaries in that area. And then it also comes with access to my exclusive community group where I'm coaching my girls who sign up with me and really just applying God's word to our health journeys. We're talking about diet. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about spirit, like all the ins and outs that go into and go behind showing up consistently. We talk about in this group, according to scripture, it's so powerful. So if you want to join and you are like, you're right, Courtney, I'm not taking care of my health. This is one area that I think I truly thrived in because I had made the decision before starting to conceive to plug into the coach community with my health and wellness company. So I think that accountability has seen me through some of my darkest days. And so after that one day that I give myself, it's like the second day that I show up, I can always reach out to my community and be like, guys, I need to show up today. So like, hold me accountable. Just so powerful to have women in your corner who are walking through that season with you. And for me, this was just a game changer to show up, not let that one day linger into longer and really truly take care of my health, which helped me live well. And the fourth and final piece is finding your God-given purpose now outside of motherhood. So obviously the goal is that one day you are a mom. That was my goal. It's like one day I'm going to be a mom. One way or another, we're going to figure this out. God's going to make a way for me to be a mom. And that looks different. You know, there's so many different ways to become a mom. But I truly felt like that was part of my calling. And just because... First of all, I just want to like add a little caveat here. Just because you can't physically have your own children, or maybe God never has that in the cards for you to have your own blood of my blood child does not mean that motherhood is not in the cards for you or that it's not his plan. I think that's going to be a whole other episode, you guys. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. Like how just because like we have this calling to motherhood, right? Like God has called I hear women say like, I have only ever wanted to be a mom or I feel like God's called me to this, but it doesn't mean that it's going to look the way that we want it to look. So anyway, I think it's important, especially stepping into motherhood to have things that are using your God-given purpose and skills. So Josh is a sports ministry organization director. And one of the like mission statements that he uses is two by four. It's to the word of God, by the power of God, for the glory of God. And that is what we can be doing right now, living well in the waiting season is what is my God-given purpose? For me, it was health and wellness coaching. That was my purpose that I felt God could use both my natural giftings that he had created me with, leadership, vision, and work ethic. Like there was things that God had given me that I feel like really thrive in the role that a health and wellness, you know, mentor, discipler has. And so stepping into that, it allowed me to live in purpose before the thing that I was praying for came to pass. And it allowed me to feel like, okay, God sees me, God's using me. I'm experiencing him in this mission field. I'm not waiting for a season to come along, to become a wife, to become a mom, to get this other job, whatever. I'm not waiting. 
to live with purpose to make a difference in the kingdom of God. That was huge. So I think where you start with that, if you feel like you're not living or doing something, honestly, it could be a hobby. It could be your job. It could be ministries that you pursue. It doesn't have to look like fit in one specific box, but you should have something consistently that you are using your God-given gifts and talents to bless. And for me, it happened to be my job because I really wanted something that gave me purpose, but also allowed me to do the things that I felt like God or use the things that God had gifted me in my job. That's what I was looking for. So how you find that is you ask yourself, like, what are my passions? What do I love to talk about? What do I love to Google? What do I love to do? Obviously, when we're TTC, we're going through infertility, (laughs) we can Google a lot of that kind of stuff. And maybe, you know, for me sharing part of my testimony and then creating this podcast in this space, that is me using my God-given talents and gifts for a purpose. So that could be part of yours too. Or it could be something completely different, like health and wellness for me as well. Or it could be, you know, marital unity, or it could be singleness, or it could be homemaking or cooking, or like there's just so many things that ways that you can thrive. It could be administrative. There are so many gifts and talents out there. So I think asking yourself, where am I passionate about? What do I feel are the natural giftings God has gifted me with? And what are spaces, ministries, hobbies, job opportunities where I can use those things that are going to cultivate purpose in my life? And answering those questions is a great place to start to hit number four of finding that God-given purpose and living that out now before motherhood. I also think that's going to bless you in motherhood because It is really healthy for you and child to have something that you are pouring into in the kingdom of God and being that example that is outside of just mothering. And mothering is 100% the hardest job in the world and is a job in and of itself. And it is my number one calling and ministry. But I think it's important for our kids to see us ministering to people outside of our family. So what does that look like for you? Are you using those things now so that you can be in a position to continue to do that inside of motherhood and not make motherhood you know, an idol? I want to leave you guys with this thought. So just to recap, we have the four places that you can live well, writing letters to your baby, proactively building team unity with your spouse, taking care of your health, finding your God-given gifts and talents, and using those on purpose outside of motherhood now. My last parting encouragement is from Ecclesiastes. And it says, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. There is a time for this waiting season. 
there is a time to live well in the waiting and there is a time to live well once he has made everything beautiful in its time. Trust in the Lord, walk with him, trust his timing and learn to live well right now. Thanks for joining me in this episode. Again, if this episode challenged you, encouraged you, equipped you, please take a minute, screenshot this episode and post it up into your Instagram stories so that others can find the podcast. You never know who could be silently suffering through trying to conceive or infertility and just might be exactly what they need to hear. So take a minute share that, tag me at Sewn With Strength. Any of the resources I mentioned to help you live well in the waiting are listed in the show notes. So be sure to click on those, check out what I have and ways that we can work together. And I will see you guys in the next episode. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcast at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.